You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning. This is Brett Eckert sitting alongside Karen Gibis. And we just wanted to say God loves you very much. Are we going home now? Is that, no, we're oh, not going home. We're not done yet. <laughs> I think it's always important because uh, we just got off uh, the line and we were just had uh, Jacques Daniel in. He was talking about the Catholic Men's Conference and and the first the first topic of conversation for the Men's Conference is the Age of Wonder. And you want to know what I think? It, it's beautiful to remind ourselves of and wonder about how much God loves us. I think that's it's, it's it's the most fundamental thing that we need to remind ourselves on a daily basis is that God loves us each personally so much Unique, more than we uniquely. can uniquely loves us so much more than we can even fathom and comprehend. So It's beautiful. Yeah. God is amazing. So remember everybody who's out there, God loves you God very loves much. You. That sounds like it something like from Sesame Street. <laughs> Just remember Elmo loves you very much. <laughs> I think that that actually might be it. I have a lot of kids at my house. Or VeggieTales. Oh, there it is. It's VeggieTales. Thank you. Eli jumped in and told us it was from VeggieTales. That's the truth. That's what it's from. Remember, God loves you very much. Good old VeggieTales. Um, so, yeah, we have another amazing guest. It's going to be really fun because uh, what's funny is um, Paula uh, Siskinek, uh, she's uh, going to talk to us a little about homeschooling. But the beautiful thing is... Everybody who's around this table most of the time, and Jacques, who just left, all homeschool. So, Paula, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am so delighted to be with you again. It was, I think, last fall we were together. We had so much fun. Yes. Good. Good. Yes. So everybody homeschools there. Yay! Yep, we're all homeschooling. <laughs> and, and you want to know what's beautiful uh, is we'll have you give a, a little introduction here in just a quick second about yourself. Uh, but uh, the largest growing, <laughs> uh, because of the COVID pandemic, uh, homeschooling in the state of South Dakota, it is now the number one. It's actually technically the largest school district in, in the state um, with over 8,000 students. Really? In South yes, Dakota? in South Dakota. Yeah. Over 8,000 wow. students just in the state of South Dakota are homeschooled now. Wow. Yes. Wow. And I, I mean, it's beautiful to see, like, people are seeing the beauty of homeschooling. And I think uh, that's what we really want to tie into today. Uh, so, Paula, I'm going to have you uh, tell, tell our guests a little about yourself. Sure, sure. So, I am, again, Paula Siskanik. You know, I am a wife. Uh, I've been married over 30, 30 it's going to be 35 years, and... I have seven children who I homeschooled from kindergarten all the way to 12th grade. And then um, I'm now a grandmother of six children. In those years, you know, again, I fell into homeschooling uh, for a variety of reasons. But each year took it one year at a time. And before you know it, I, I homeschooled 25 plus years. And in that time, uh, my family had a family business. And we, I was able to, very lucky me, I got to review thousands of books. Yes, I have tons of books on my shelves. (laughs) And in that process, I also learned side by side with my children. You know, I'm a revert to the faith. So I was so hungry to learn the faith. You know, I was not catechized in my formative years. So to go on this journey, not only with my faith, but I also became a better Better as a result of that, you know, <laughs> the, the, right. the blessing, yeah, uh, learning to write and to spell finally. 
were things that I went on this. I really have to say, uh, and I love to talk about homeschooling as a homeschool lifestyle because truly, truly, it is. There's no comparison between that brick and mortar experience and the the day to day of a homeschool life. Amen I'm to sure that. Both of you know that as well. Yeah, right. exactly. Everything turns into science. I mean, this is going to be kind of a weird story, but I guess like all of a sudden, our dog had uh, killed a rabbit. Had killed a little bunny mm-hmm. rabbit out by the house. Oh. It ended up turning into science. It ended up turning into <laughs> science class with my wife. She's like, "Well, yeah, we're going to obviously be careful, but everything, everything." In our home, is everything an educational is an opportunity. educational opportunity. Um, and I think it's beautiful. Yeah. So, like, we're going to kind of hit on two different elements to start us off um, because I think it, it is important for us to, to see some of the beautiful things about homeschooling, uh, but to uh, then also be very realistic and be very honest and open in our conversation about yeah. what are some of the things that are hard. Well, and I before we get yeah. started on that, I, I want to ask Brett. How, okay, how many kids do you have? We have five kids. Five Oldest kids. nine, youngest is two months. And how long have you been homeschooling? Elsie's in third grade, so four years. Okay, so I have eight kids. Yeah. I have two that have graduated, two that are in high school, two that are in middle school, and two that are in elementary school. So I And at one point, I had all eight kids in school at one point, one mm-hmm. year. It was a really rough year. But I, I just want to point that out. We both homeschool, but... I'm closer to the veteran side of things. You're <laughs> We're the newbie side. You're the closer to the newbie yeah. side. And yet our families are both experiencing the same thing. And I'm still learning. I have to tell you, this is terrible. When I started teaching my kids. So we started homeschooling my oldest, who is almost 21, when he was two and a half years old because he wanted to learn. And at, when I started to teach him to read is the first time that I realized that the TH has two sounds. The things you learn as a homeschooling mom. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I like where you're going with this. You know, there's the there's the reality of homeschooling and there's the beauty of homeschooling. Mm-hmm. So do you want do you want to first attack the the beauty of the beauty, yeah. Start with the really good Let's let's entice everyone. So, so Paula, like the positives of homeschooling. What are the beautiful things that have come through your homeschooling experience? Oh well. Okay. Well, Karen. Yes. What I will you, take. There you go, Karen. Uh, we'll we'll get Paula back on the line with us here in a minute. Um, but yeah, Karen, what have been the beautiful things that you've seen coming from your experience of homeschooling? Okay, so I'll just say I was homeschooled from seventh grade through graduation, and I had this. I was going to homeschool my kids. I just knew it. I loved that lifestyle, the homeschooling lifestyle, the the way that life could proceed, and school didn't get in the way. It just became part of life. And so when I started homeschooling my kids, I realized I have them for 18 very short years. And I need to do everything I can to form them in their faith, to form them to be good citizens, to benefit society, and to form them in relationships with God and with others so that they then can become the best versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Be able to discern God's will, be able to act on that. We are talking in the first interview, the grace. Mm-hmm. Be able to recognize that grace in their life. And so the most beautiful part, I think, about homeschooling is that I am experiencing all those things with my children, walking that journey with them, being able to share that. The frustrating aspects of teaching a pre schooler how their letters or how to read all those things those are beautiful aspects that i that's where i found the beauty 
was the moments I shared with my kids. Now, the reality of that is I had my kids 24 (laughs) hours a day, seven days a week. That's the reality. But the beauty is I had my kids 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, well, great. I mean, I love to hear. Um, uh, And and Powell is back with us, correct? Yes. Yes, that is correct. Awesome. All right. So uh, we were kind of talking about uh, the beauty, the beautiful, positive things that have come from our experiences of of homeschooling. And then also uh, then we'll go to being a little bit realistic and kind of actually addressing some of the the hardships of it. But I'm a positive guy generally. So like I want to start on the positive end. Like what have been the beautiful things that you have experienced because of homeschooling? Yeah, I would say the fundamentally most beautiful thing is, and and really Karen was alluding to it, is that, you know, you only have a short time. Your children are on loan with you for a small time, and you can't underestimate how much they want to know your heart, and you get to know them. So when you think about it, if you're putting kids in in a brick-and-mortar school at six, like 12 years, you know, that goes super fast. So I would say is savoring the moment, being Mm -hmm. present, really getting to know these amazing gifts that God has given me. Each one is a unique, repeatable event in all of history. I get to be their mom. I get to witness their curiosity, their individual talents, their gifts, their interests. And for me, to see the fruition of that, now, as several of mine are married children and are passing that love of learning onto their children, oh my gosh, that's like still a little taste of heaven. So that's some of that beautiful part, absolutely. Yeah, and and it must be that must be the veteran mom response <laughs> because that was almost verbatim to what I said. But we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about homeschooling and you know maybe some practical reality advice on how to make it happen, um, and then maybe just get some of uh, her favorite resources here on Real Presence Live. We'll be back soon. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Did you know you can listen to all your favorite local shows like Awaken and Real Presence Live on any podcast platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Amazon Music? Just search for Real Presence Radio on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes in the future. And don't forget to give us a good rating so others can discover the shows. Listen to your favorite RPR shows anytime, anywhere by subscribing on any podcast platform. Just search for Real Presence Radio today. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, 
can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant CI exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. At the University of Mary, we offer an education for the whole of life. Our values-based, flexible, and affordable education will prepare you for success and help you become a leader in your field. Whether you want to start your degree for the first time or continue your education, whether you are a working professional or want to pursue school full-time, join us for an education that will help you make a positive impact in our community. Discover the Mary difference. UMary.edu. That's UMary.edu. Listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Brett Eckert with Karen Gibis, and we have Paula Siskinek on the phone talking about homeschooling. And we were we started our conversation in regards to looking at kind of the beauty of homeschooling. Uh, and especially Catholic homeschooling, where uh, we're able to integrate our faith so much. I mean, the the tr- uh, I'll share my reasoning really quick. Is uh, one thing that we have realized was when we started to homeschool, our faith is fundamental, like at the forefront of mm-hmm. everything within our home. Um, and the the truth comes down to one thing. Um, I'm not saying that the public schools and the private education systems aren't good, but what I am saying is. We're forming our children for your family. Yep, this is the option. And at the same point, another thing that we've seen is is the difference of children. So many times, uh, they can kind of get put in boxes in regards to like, oh, they need to be at this point by this time, or yeah. or else whatever. Um, but like, yeah, we have one daughter who uh, finally is coming around to reading uh, because like she was just very oppositional to it, didn't like it, wasn't enjoying it. Is that the third it. grader? No, that was the third grader is like a really good reader. She say, loves reading, my but third it's graders our second. Aren't our, reading yet. <laughs> our, our first. It, uh, so Lydia is a first grader, and she just really did not like reading. Did not yes. like reading. My third and, graders. And it was just instead of forcing them and in mm-hmm. them hating it, it was yeah. more just trust. Yeah. Trust that it's all going to work out, and I think that was a huge thing for us. Um, but at the same point, like there's one of the the, the realities of homeschooling. Homeschooling is not easy. Homeschooling is no. not easy at all. Um, so uh, kind of looking at what are some of these things that are hard. Um, so, Paula, I'm going to shoot it over to you. What are some of the challenges of homeschooling and being real real about the whole scenario? Sure, yeah. Uh, before we dive into that really quickly, I do want to say, yes, Brett, you know, the, one of the, the biggest things is tailoring the curriculum to your child's mm-hmm. needs. And there really is nobody else that can really kind of do that in that environment and giving them the time to go at their own pace, you know, just like babies walk, learn to walk at their own pace, they're going to learn to read. So one of the challenges is parents feel, number one is, if they feel a lack of confidence, okay? So, for example, majority of homeschooling families weren't homeschooled. So to try to layer in our vision of this unknown into our home environment leads to much uh, frustration, disappointment, overwhelm. So uh, that's one of the big challenges. The other challenge is, you know, you're homeschooling all grades, all subjects, all ages, right? So isn't that (laughs) super crazy? Like, how's that possible, you know? Um, I would say, and then the third is, you know, we do have well-meaning, you know, usually it's our relatives, 
who <laughs> will give us this second look and say, are you sure this is going to work? Are you really doing the right <laughs> yeah, thing? <laughs> the, the doubting, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And that just feeds our own insecurity about things. But, you know, uh, all of that, obviously, you know, probably in the you know pioneer days, closer to when I started homeschooling 25 years ago, you were kind of looked at as an, you know, out there. But today there's so much support, so much help. It is more mainstream, as you said. It is mm-hmm. growing into the double digits in many states. Yeah. And, and so... You are not, you cannot possibly be all things to all your children, but you don't have to be. That's the good news. Mm-hmm. And, and really what I always, and, and I really want to make this point, is that the most fundamental thing is not to just go diving into homeschooling by answering the question, oh, what curriculum do I choose and how am I going to grade everybody? The most important thing, and Brett, you alluded to this, is that you, your spouse, through prayer, need to come up with your big why. Why do I want to homeschool? And in order to form that, you need to really have a deep conversation in terms of what are your educational goals for your children? Mm-hmm. And what do the individuals of your family, what are their needs at this stage of life? And, and it's really amazing because I think we kind of take that for granted because both our spouses, you know, we come from a different perspective of education. So being able to sit with yourself, really pray about it, actually write it down, write it down, <laughs> really get that clarity, things start to fall into place. And that's, that's really essential in kind of countering that first overwhelming responsibility of homeschooling. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I and I think it's it's really important to, to see some of these uh, pieces of advice in regards to knowing your why. That that is fundamentally, I would say, the most important thing. Um, in 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 really, that's in every element of our life. Right. So, with yeah. every decision that we make, why do I do what I do? What what is the reason behind my why? Um, and I think so. Besides just the why, what are other good practical pieces of advice uh, that you would say to give to homeschoolers? Sure. So people the contemplating second, it. Yes, and the other thing I usually say, people who are contemplating it. You know, we are created to relate. We need community. We need each other. We need that support of each other. I I always say, you know, I never was able to get to where I am without my tightest women. You know, it's the women that are at a generation older than me that helped to support and encourage me. So either, you know, you, you can seek, even if you just find one buddy, you know, I used to have one buddy that first year and I was like, call her up and say, pray for me for the next nine minutes, you know? <laughs> we have to finish so, math. And the kids are I was just going to say that. I Help was me. just going to say that. Math. Yes, yes. So finding one other family, you know, and those families, I, those are my kids' best friends to this day as young adults. They became the, in the fabric, the tapestry that made up our lives. So finding some other family that you really can connect with, that you can form friendships, is key, really the mm-hmm. next step. And then the, the, really the, the next step after that is um, something I kind of stumbled upon, you know, after doing this, again, coaching hundreds of families and all, is this idea that you pick one goal per year per child. And it's this idea that, you know, when a child feels a deep sense of success, that lays the foundation 
for this lifelong learning for them to feel, yeah, that's my purpose. This is what God wants me to do in the world. So when we de- you know, really center our curriculum, what we decide to do in our homeschool, around that one goal for them that year, we see just a, a radical transformation, not only in their confidence, but in their ability to say, to discern, to get closer to God, and for your homeschool to simplify in the process. Because everything becomes subordinate to that one goal. I think that's absolutely beautiful. Now, I think that your why, you why you homeschool, once you've established that, it normally doesn't change. The why is your foundation. Mm-hmm. But when you take it to prayer with your spouse, because it is important to recognize that the mom is not the primary educator, that God has called the parents of that child to be the primary educators of them. Good reference to the catechism right there. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Doing my part. But I think that's important to realize that as you build this goal for your child, you you take it to prayer with your husband, with your wife, because there's things that the... The spouse sees that maybe you who's teaching didn't see in the moment or isn't aware of. And so it is a group effort. It is a family-oriented prayer. You pray for that child. You pray with that child. You determine that goal. And that goal can change from year to year. And it can change in the middle of the year. And yeah. that that's the freedom that comes with homeschooling. And I'm sure that people who are listening now who haven't homeschooled have maybe been introduced to the concept of homeschooling or maybe know some homeschoolers in their parish. They're beginning to be thinking, well, this is a lot, this is overwhelming. Like, there's so much out there, there's so much, and there is so many beautiful resources that weren't there when I was being homeschooled, and even there when I started homeschooling 18 years ago. The, the, the availability even to help you succeed in homeschooling blows my mind right now. But I think one question I get heard, I hear the most from people who I may be contemplating homeschooling is, I'm not qualified for this. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that, Karen, because, you know, we don't have to take your word, my word for it. You know, we have a saint, St. John Paul II, in his letter to families, talks about that. And he says very much so. We are qualified by the very fact of just being parents. Parents are educators. We also have said yes in marriage and yes to children. And with that comes incredible grace. Tap into that grace. Because it isn't you. When we, when we look at just our own, you know, our own capability, that is when we start to fall down and feel totally overwhelmed. But when we look through prayer, through this beautiful yes in our marriage, and foundationally, Karen, like you said, it is not just, uh, you know, mom does all this and she's overwhelmed. No, this is... This is part of your life work. It is, you're being called to that. You're, as you had said in the catechism, we are the primary educators of our children in the faith. You know, it doesn't say STEM. You know, you nope. don't have to be, you know, nope. you know you're not the educator. That you can outsource. You can find resources. You can find co-ops. You can find online courses. There's so many things to do. Sometimes that becomes a problem, you know, too much choices, you know, or the shiny object, you know, magpie, <laughs> little right. syndrome. Yes. Well, and I mean, boy, I'm like 
Paula, we're going to have to get you on again because time just flies with you um, <laughs> in regards to this. And I, I, probably because we're all homeschoolers and we're all so right. passionate about it. But I think you hit yeah. on a couple things yeah. that I kind of wanted to, to jump back to really quick. Number one was the, uh, this idea of the team effort. Um, so from a personal uh, story is uh, our daughter who struggled with reading, she doesn't like school as much as the oldest. Like She just doesn't like it. She didn't like it as much, and she still really doesn't. Um, but when there's support between the spouses – is what ended up happening was she always would fight with my wife kind of a little bit. She was a little feisty girl, uh, didn't want to do school. I was on paternity leave, so I was able to be home. So then mm-hmm. I was able to have conversations with her, and I still have conversations with her. And my conversations with her actually helps my wife do it and do the homeschooling because uh, I started having conversations with my daughter about, like, you want to be able to play. You want to be able to have fun during the day, but we need to go and actually do this, you know, but when you have the support of the spouse and understanding how it's a team effort, um, that's where it all comes in. So that element of it, it being a team effort. I also loved your, your statement on regards to community and uh, getting, being with people because I mean, really <laughs> most of our conversations today have kind of been fundamentally based upon this is about the men's conference, right? Same thing with this men's conference that we had in our last community. segment mm-hmm. is community. We're not like and for home people who are contemplating homeschooling. It's not meant to be you on your own with no help. My wife, I do not like, we would not be able to homeschool without the, like the homeschooling co-op that we're a part of. And also mm-hmm. like the homeschooling community, uh, because so many times, uh, like that's where we get our resources. That's where they they help put the realistic perspective on. Understand, you don't need to do a million things. You just you need to be able to focus in. You need to be able. To, mm-hmm. This is this is practical ways. Um, and I think I'm, I want to shoot it back to you really quick because I think you kind of hit it, and Karen kind of mentioned it in regards to this idea of how has homeschooling changed? Because I I coach in a public school. I am a football coach in a public school, and I know there are still misconceptions about homeschoolers. They think – so how has homeschooling changed? And kind of give us a glimpse of really what a homeschooling life a little bit looks like. <laughs> a big question. I know. It, in it, one it, minute. But in sorry. one minute. Yes, in one minute. And I do want to mention that you know, CatholicHomeschoolCommunity.com is where you will find over 7,000. Catholic homeschoolers from around the world that are there to support you. So mm-hmm. that is, that is, was the first yep. and fundamental thing as I pay it forward that it, I was honored to be able to create is the Catholic homeschool community.com. And we will have a big conference June 10th and 11th as well. We'll be participating in, but yes, as far as what homeschool life looks like, you know, you, you hit upon it. It's freedom. Number one is your days are shorter. There is no homework because your day is schoolwork. You're focused on mastery of subjects, not busy work, not having to prove assessments by doing extra work that's just busy work. You move at your child's pace. But in terms of today, today, as you said, it's taken on all different forms. It is out there in the world in the sense that homeschoolers are thriving. They're becoming the leaders of today. They're sought after in the high, in the colleges and in, in, in careers. You know, people are intrigued by a person who has launched into the world and can be an independent thinker. But as far as research, uh, I mean, as far as, um, you know, there are co-ops, as you mentioned, and that could be like a one-day 
there are like little pods where some people get together and homeschool together. Then there are little cottage schools where they may meet twice a week, do the full teaching, and then they go home and do the schooling. And then there are people who put together their own curriculums, and then there are those that are put together for you. So there are so many different, uh, you know, different variations as the families are different. And that's the key. We are tailoring it to the uniqueness of our family and centering it on our love of Christ. Amen. Well, thanks for, I, we're going to have to go to break, but I'm going to just mention already, you can bring Paolo on as often as you want. I think <laughs> uh, just because Great. of the beauty of homeschooling and, and as you said, being able to tailor it to each and every child. And then you can also like be able to see their gifts that they've yeah. been given, that then you can encourage those gifts. You can spend time in prayer. You can do all these things that when they're gone right. for eight hours a day and then they come home and they've got two hours worth of schoolwork and homework, like you lose your child's childhood. And it's sad to say, but that's why homeschooling is so beautiful. But with that, uh, thanks for joining us, Paolo. We're going to have to go to break. Uh, and coming back on the other side, uh, we're going to talk to Sister Rachel Gazda from the uh, the Rapid City Diocese about uh, the veneration of a relic of St. John Paul II that's going to be coming to town. So uh, come right back on the other side of the break. We'll see you there. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 